Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Lord, you are so lovely. God, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for your presence here. God, I ask that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, that you'd speak to us through your word and that you'd help us to take your word and apply it that it may bear remaining fruit. God, we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hallelujah. I want to say thank you to all of you for your love and your support. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Are you well? Are you happy? If you're not, God knows all about it and knows how to help you. Hallelujah. So a wonderful God. Well, uh, thank you, Pastor Daniel. I'm so glad that uh, you enjoyed Friday night because I want to share a little more on that subject today because I'm really feeling the Holy Spirit speaking about it. And um, I loved the prophetic words that we had that were brought about all things being made new. And God wants us to wake up and remember that, not to be conformed to the pattern of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Hallelujah. I shared on Friday night how um, when we were in South Korea, we were with all these amazing world leaders. And uh, while we were waiting for the bus, just chatting to some people, I said to someone, oh, poor Tom, you know, he has to da-da-da-da-da. I can't even remember what I said. And um, as as I was just talking to them, as I said, poor Tom, they just stopped me mid-sentence. And they said, why would you say that about your husband? And I thought, oh, I know that. Actually, I know that's not the right thing to say. But I'd become accustomed by just falling into an old pattern. And you know, you might think, oh, well, that's religious, you know, worrying about your words. But I believe that just as Daniel read before, he who created the world with his words created us in his image. And we have that same power. So I want to speak to you about that now. Hallelujah. So we're going to start. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You have what you say. Mark 11, if you've got your Bibles and you want to open with me, Mark 11, chapter, uh, verse 20, says this. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever he says. Now, the power in our words is something that I'm very aware of. As, as one that moves in the prophetic, I'm really aware of our words, which is why I, I get surprised when I find myself slipping back into old habits. And I realize, hey, I need to be deliberately creating my world with my words. I need to be very deliberate about what I'm saying because I can have what I say. Hallelujah. We've just been in Korea, and um, I heard uh, Yonggi Cho tell a testimony. 
In fact, he um, himself has had Parkinson's disease and last year he was shaking so badly he, he, would, he could barely feed himself. And he stood in front of his board crying, shaking, crying, saying, I'm, I'm embarrassed to be like this in front of you, but next time you see me, I will not be shaking. And the following year, that's this year, there's not a tremor. Not a tremor. He's in his late 80s. And, uh, but I, I, I listened to that, and then I heard him share a testimony about a lady uh, that had come to his office for prayer who was in late stage of cancer. And um, he'd prayed for her, and he'd prayed for her, and he'd prayed for her, and there was no improvement. And so he said to her, I want you to get a whole bunch of paper and a whole bunch of pencils, and I want you to take them up to Prayer Mountain, and I want you just to write 10,000 times, by his stripes I'm healed. And I want you to write it out, and every time you write it, I want you to say it. And every time you say it, I want you to see it. 10,000 times. So as she walked out the door, he actually confessed, he thought to himself, I think she's gonna die. He didn't have a lot of faith for it. But she went and she did exactly that, came back three days later, completely healed. There's something about seeing it and saying it. Seeing it and saying it. You know, the scripture says, sing, O barren, you who've not born. Why is he telling someone who has not yet got the promise to sing? Well, God actually wants us to see it and say it to the place that we start to get joyfully happy about the fact that we have already received it, even though we haven't yet seen it in the natural. It says here that... um, We are called to to be like God who created the world with his words. And in in the book of Romans, we read that he called those things that be not as though they are. Speaking of Abraham, he called Abraham father of many children before he ever had any children. And he got all his friends and his wife and everybody to be calling him father of many children as though it had already happened before it happened. And God's the same with us. He's wanting us to speak what he's saying, to begin to declare and to create with our words. Amen? So I wanted to just ask you a few questions today to have a little think about. Firstly, what does God say about you? What does God think about you? Now, I remember when I was just um, beginning teaching I was a high school teacher, and I'd done a, taught a couple of years in uh, Newmarket High, up the road here, doesn't exist anymore. And, um, and then I got a, a job at a Christian school. And they sent us away for orientation. Uh, they, during the orientation for the teachers, they sent us away for 15 minutes just to <coughs> ask the Lord, what's he saying about us? Could I just grab a mint? So they sent us away to go and say, what are we, what are we hearing? <coughs> Excuse me. Thanks, Joshy. <coughs> 
what are we, what are we hearing from God? So I was like, okay, God, talk to me. I can take it. I know I've got things that I've got to change. I know that you want to speak to me. Come on, talk to me, Lord. And I was ready. I had my piece of paper and my pencil. And he said, I love you. I thought, yeah, yeah, whatever. I know that. But like, come on. My heart's wide open. Talk to me, God. I can take it. I know there's so much that you want, really want to say to me. Talk to me, Lord. And he says, I love you. Father, <coughs> I've got to go back and tell all these people what you said to me in these 15 minutes. Everybody knows that you love everybody. Yeah, we get that. But now, come on, like, I really, I want to go deeper with you. I want to go further. I want you to, I really, I'm giving you access to my heart. Talk to me, God. What do you want to change? What do you want to fix? I love you. And I was frustrated. I thought, yeah, great. I got to go take back this to the class. What did God say to you in 15 minutes? Well, I love you. And I thought, you know, I really wasn't hearing very much from God. But you know, they were the words I needed to hear more than anything else. God needed me to know that he wasn't waiting to correct me. He wasn't waiting to come at me and tell me all that. Well, now I've got the chance. I've been waiting to tell you all the things I don't like about you. People may be like that, but God is not like that. In fact, the Bible says, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through me would be saved. He comes, and you know, when we surrender our lives to Christ, it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. He really believes what he's done in us. He believes he's taken our crookedness. Everything that was crooked about you, he believes, has been taken away. It's not something that happens over time. In fact, the Bible says that when he was crucified, he said, it is finished. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Transgressions and iniquities are two different things in the Hebrew. Transgressions are sins. Iniquities is our crookedness. He was bruised to take away my crookedness. He was bruised so that my crooked places would be made straight. Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. It's what is given to us at salvation. It's our inheritance. We are made new creations. And the heart of the Father is not for us to believe that somehow we're not new and we still have a lot of fixing up to do. He believes that when we come into agreement with what he thinks about us, then as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That we will then be empowered, hallelujah, through revelation of his righteousness to live out righteousness. Hallelujah. So what does God say about you? I wrote down a few scriptures. John 1.12 says, I am a child of God. I'm a friend of God, John 15, 15. I'm not condemned by God, Romans 8, 1. I'm an heir with Christ, hallelujah, co-heir. That means 
what belongs to him now belongs to me. That's a bit exciting. I have wisdom, righteousness, and redemption in Christ Jesus, 1 Corinthians 1.30. I'm a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm the righteousness of God. I've been set free. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm chosen. I'm holy. I'm blameless before God, Ephesians 1.4. Do you believe that? That you are chosen? That you are holy? Oh, wait a minute. No one's holy but God. No one's good but God. That's right. God came so that your life would be buried with his and that you would be raised up with him and that as you exchange your life, you would receive his life, his goodness, his holiness. Hallelujah. So when he looks at you, he doesn't look at you as one that is separated from him. He looks at you as one who has been joined to him and given his name. Hallelujah. He has a good name. Therefore, you have a good name. He thinks very highly of you because he doesn't look at you according to your performance. He looks at you according to your faith in what Jesus has done. I'm chosen, I'm holy, I'm blameless before God. Do you believe that? The righteous must live by faith. You've got to believe it in order to enjoy the blessing of it. I'm redeemed and forgiven by the grace of God. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. Hallelujah. I've been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. I'm a member of Christ's body and a partaker of his promise. I have boldness and confident access to God through faith in Christ. Hallelujah. I've been made complete in Christ. I've been chosen by God, holy and dearly loved. There it is again. You're as holy as God. You have to be. You see, God can't be joined to anything less than holy. Light can have no fellowship with darkness. So Jesus came to take away all of your darkness and give you his light. To take all of your impurity, all of your crookedness, and to give you his holiness so that you and he could be joined together. Hallelujah. I'm a citizen of heaven. I can do all things through Christ. Hallelujah. First John 4:17 says this: Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. So that when we go to God and say, "Speak to me, God," we don't have to be afraid that God's going to be there. Whoa, whoa, whoa bringing to remembrance all your past sins. If you've brought them to him, he's taken them and thrown them into the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be recalled again, even if it was a big one. Big ones sink faster, I think. Hallelujah. So what does God say about you? He loves you. He looks at you and he loves you. He says that you're holy. You're kind. He says, as I am, so are you. That's not a theory. It's an invitation for us to agree with in faith. As he is, what's he like then? Well, he's beautiful. He's holy. He's so kind. 
He is, he is love personified. Therefore, so am I. I am love. I am patience. I'm not trying to be patient. It's actually my new definition. It's what dwells on the inside of me. I am patient. So what God says about us is what we need to be saying about us. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There's a war going on, and it comes to attack your thoughts. He comes and he tells you lies. He says, you're this, you're that, you're like that, you're like that. But the Bible tells us that when we've surrendered our lives to Christ, when we've exchanged our sin for his righteousness, any thought we have about ourselves that tries to get more attention or, or have any platform in our brain above what he is saying needs to be caught taken captive, cast down, and replaced with truth. You cannot afford to have a thought in your brain that doesn't match what God's thinking about. Because any thought you entertain or allow will rob you, will sap you of your strength, of your joy, of your holy confidence. 1 John chapter 3 says, if my heart doesn't condemn me, he is great. I have confidence before God and whatever I ask, I receive. The enemy's terrified of that. So he's continually trying to get you to believe and live in condemnation, in self-talk that says you're stupid, you're, you don't fit in, you're, you're not measuring up, you're not doing very well, you're, you're so weak, you've, you're, you're sinful, you're, you're this, you're, you're this, you're that. We need to recognize that those thoughts are not coming from the Spirit of God. They are coming from your enemy that is deliberately trying to harass you and steal away the peace that Jesus suffered and died to give you. He wants you to live in perfect peace. He wants you to live in abundant joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we're called to enjoy him. We're called to be happy. We're called to have peace no matter what's going on. We're called to believe that we're righteous. And so any thought that doesn't line up with the kingdom needs to be taken captive and, and cast down because it's a robber, it's a thief, and it needs to be dealt with quickly. Otherwise, it hangs around and then it thinks, she's tolerating me, I'll go and get my friends. And the more I tolerate it, the more it starts to clutter up my thinking. We need to get rid of it. Hallelujah. I use that, the analogy of my mobile phone. when I, I got an Apple phone, and I didn't know when I first got it that you're supposed to swipe away all the um, applications after you open them. And Tom would look at my phone and say, honey, you've got like 100 applications open. <laughs> and he said, all you have to do is this. Like, whoosh, whoosh. I went, oh. He says, otherwise it just saps away your battery. They tick away, going away in the background. I went, oh, that's awesome. So I'm like, oh, I like this swipe thing. Swipe, 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 swipe. But in the same way, 
I've got a whole lot of things that will just tick away in the background of my brain if I don't take them captive and wipe them away. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I'm not tolerating that. That's not true. This is the truth. I'm going to speak the truth. And I'm not going to repeat what the enemy is saying to me. I'm going to speak the truth of what God's saying. Hallelujah. So what's the self-talk going on in your head? Proverbs 23, 7 tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think that you're a bit useless, that you're, you know, that you're weak and foolish, ugly, whatever it is you're believing, that's what you'll start to manifest. If you believe that you're a, you know, um, that you have an addiction, if you believe that you are um, lazy or stupid, you're going to start to, to find yourself bogged down in those things that you believe are part of your nature. But when you start to embrace the truth about what God says and you start to say about yourself what God says, you step into the reality that God wants you to live, not as you were, but as he is now. Hallelujah. He's called you to live above only, not beneath. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. That means as we speak the word, it is mighty to pulling down these harassing thoughts that would try to weigh us down. Lies that would come. You know, lies about your future. What does the word say about your future? The Bible tells us that I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's my plans for you. So when the enemy comes and he starts to tell out his plans for you, that's never gonna happen, you're gonna have a miserable life, you're gonna be lonely your whole life, blah, 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 whatever, you go, stop it. This is the truth. I'm prosperous. I'm in health, even as my soul is prospering. I have life and I have life more abundant. God's plans for me are to give me hope and a future. Hallelujah. God's plans for me are to do the works that he did and greater works. Hallelujah. I am anointed and called to manifest him. I am patient. I am kind. I am so full of love that when people meet me, they experience the joy of meeting Jesus. That when people meet me, they experience the love of heaven because that's what's living on the inside of me. That's my very DNA. Hallelujah. This is who I am. So we need to speak creatively even about ourselves. You should be looking in the mirror. I mean, the world knows this. Coaches will tell them their Guys, imagine that you're making the goal, speak it out, declare it. But they're just harnessing a biblical truth. And it's so much more powerful when we grab a hold of the eternal truth, the Word of God, and we use it as a weapon and begin to put it in our mouths and speak it out. So in the morning when you wake up, if you feel terrible, instead of going, I feel terrible, I'm miserable, I'm in a bad mood, you wake up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
I am full of joy by the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm happy, I'm holy, I'm loved. I have the Prince of Peace living in the, on the inside of me. I don't have to believe any lies that make me fearful or worried about my future. I joyfully face the future because the plans of God for me are to prosper me, not to harm me, and to give me hope and a great future. With long life, He'll satisfy me and show me His salvation. I thank you, God, that it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that you've laid up good works in advance for me to do today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that everywhere I go, I, I spread the fragrance of Christ, the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing. Thank you, Lord, that I am not a victim, but I am seated in heavenly places with you, that I walk, Lord, not as a feeble little female. I walk as a daughter of the Most High God, anointed, qualified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is the self-talk that you have to deliberately have go on in your head. You need to speak it out. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you've anointed and qualified me. I thank you, God. If you're a husband, you speak it out. I thank you, God, I'm an awesome husband. Hallelujah. If you're whatever you are, I thank you, God, I'm a wonderful wife. I'm a wonderful mother. That's not saying and, and declaring, hey, I've done an awesome job, therefore I deserve this title. You might have had a bad day yesterday and felt like you didn't measure up, but to, today you get up and you say, thank you, God. Well, thank you, Lord. You, I confess my sins and you're faithful and just to forgive me. You don't even think about that. Today, I declare I'm a wonderful mother. I'm a wonderful wife. I'm a wonderful friend. I'm a, I'm a, a, a glorious sister. Hallelujah. I'm a wonderful daughter. I'm a blessing to my parents. I'm a blessing to my family. I'm a blessing to my church. I'm a blessing to my workplace. When I walk in to places, the blessing of the God of the Lord walks in with me and everyone who meets me is blessed. Hallelujah. We need to start creatively speaking about ourselves. If you love yourself, you're able to love others. The Bible tells us to love one another like we love ourselves. But if, you, if your attitude towards yourself is, I'm stupid, I'm ridiculous, I'm, I'm pathetic, I'm this, I'm that, you've just capped your ability to love anybody else. And in fact, you'll subconsciously try to pull them down through criticism to make yourself feel better. You'll try to make everybody bring them all down to your own level. You'll, you'll look for faults and get excited when you find them because ha, 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 see, they're all like me. But if instead you're working on reminding yourself the truth of who you are, thank you, God. This is the truth about me because that's what you say about me. This is the truth about me because today I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Today I am a new creation. All things have passed away. Thank you, Lord. Even if my heart condemns me, you're greater than my heart. Hallelujah. I walk by faith, not by feelings. I'm defined by the blood of Jesus and my faith in his sacrifice and his redemption. I'm not defined by my performance. Hallelujah. This is the truth. The Spirit of God is living on the inside of me. Therefore, I make wise choices. I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, I make wise decisions. I thank you, Lord, that the wisdom of God lives in me because the Spirit, the breath of God lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that everything I do, I do in the love of God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that I lay hands on the sick and they recover. 
And I speak out those things that I've been praying. When I've been asking, asking the Lord for help, help me in this situation, would you do this for this person? You know, it's a good thing to ask. I have to ask every day. In fact, my list is quite long. But I love asking because I know that when I ask, I receive. Hallelujah. Yay. So I ask. And then I thank God for what I've got what, in advance, knowing that he's taken care of it. And then I begin to decree it. I begin to speak it out. Someone I've been praying for recently that's had a, an issue with their lungs. And so I've asked, thank you, Lord, for healing that. I thank you that when they, I'm asking, Lord, this is how I'd begin. I ask, Lord, that when they have their next scan, there'll be nothing there. There'll be no nodules. There'll be no tumors. And in fact, that their lungs are going to be healthy. I ask for this, Lord. I bring it to you. Then I say, thank you, God. Whoa, thank you that they've got healthy lungs. Thank you, Lord, that when they have this next scan, it's going to come back and the doctors are going to be so confused. Yay, thank you for that. Now do a happy dance about it. Yay, thank you for that. Hooray, I'm so happy that they're healed. Thank you, God. And then I'll speak it out. He's healed. He's, he's healed. He's completely healed. His lungs are so healthy. Hallelujah. That's how I pray. Because I call those things that be not as though they are, knowing that it's a weapon I've been given. And I use very deliberately and diligently. Hallelujah. So what are you saying about others? We've asked, what does God say about you? What do you say about you? Now, what do you say about others? I get so sad when I see couples speaking about each other in ways that are just so destroying and destruction, just, uh, full of destruction. You know, when they begin to speak about their spouse and say, oh, my husband, he's so lazy. Or oh, my husband, you know, he never, does, he never prays. He never does this. You know, he's just like this. He's always going to be like that. I think to myself, why are, you, why are you doing that? A, it's dishonoring. B, you are reinforcing what you don't like. Why would you reinforce what you don't like? Is that what you want more of? Instead, if they began to speak, my husband is so resourceful, he's so, uh, he works so hard and he gets uh, so much fruit from what he does, he's prosperous and he's got a great attitude, he's generous, he's kind, he's affectionate, he's, he's good, he's noble, he loves coming to church, he loves our family so well, he's wise in all of his decisions. If you start speaking about your spouse that way, you actually open the door for them to be able to step into that reality. In your private life, in your private quiet time with the Lord, speak about them this way so that when you see them next, instead of feeling the judgment that's been going on in your head and reacting to you, they're gonna actually feel the fact that you believe the best of them. Tom and I make this confession all the time. We believe the best of people because God is love. Love believes the best. So we believe the best of people. It's, it's who we are. We believe the best of people. And as we begin to speak it, it changes our, you know, our mindsets that can be colored by culture that wants to just criticize and, and look for faults. Thank you, God. That's not my culture. My culture is the culture of heaven. I look at people and I see the best in them. Hallelujah. But it's a confession I make because it's a change I want to see continually worked out in my life. 
So I speak about, I, I declare that. I believe the best of people. I'm patient. I'm kind. Hallelujah. We need to speak creatively about ourselves and we need to be speaking creatively about one another. You create the world with your words. What are you saying today? Let's just pray. Father, we say thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your word, which is powerful. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. Lord, to speak words of life. In our mouths is the power to, of life and death. Lord, let us use our words to speak life. Holy Spirit, come. We ask, Lord, that you'd give us wisdom how to speak the truth about ourselves so that we could speak the truth about others, that we could love you well and be loved by you and love one another as you've called us to love. Father, we ask for your grace. We ask for your wisdom. Holy Spirit, come. Now, this is the beauty of being in the kingdom, of being part of the family of God. We bear his name. He's given us his name, which is such a pure, holy name. It's our new identity. Hallelujah. And it's our invitation to step into a grace that allows us to be different. Hallelujah. If we fail, if we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Hallelujah. He doesn't disqualify us and say, bah, bah, you lose. <laughs> he says, I already paid for it. Come here. Don't hang your head in shame. Give it to me. I want to give you my righteousness here. You're holy. You're clean. You're pure. You're lovely. Hey, God, but I haven't paid for that. He says, yeah, I did already. You are beautiful. You are clean. You are holy. It takes a lot of humility to believe that because it, it, it's easier to feel like, you know, I'm paying for it emotionally somehow. You can't pay for it. Only God can pay for it. And he already did. He suffered. He paid the ultimate price, becoming sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God, so that you could be joined to him, his body joined to his head, that you could have eternal life and eternal relationship with him. But all of that happens by free will. We had the dedication at the beginning and I said, we don't baptize infants because we want people to be able to come to a place where they can make a decision for themselves to say, I wanna follow Jesus. I want to exchange my crookedness for his righteousness. I want to exchange my sin for his mercy. I want to exchange my life to receive his eternal life. And I want to be born again. I want to be made new. The Bible says, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He came knowing this truth, gave his life so that we could respond to him. And he longs for us to respond to him, to say, God, I need that mercy. I need that grace. And when we come, we humble ourselves. Everyone's sinned, fallen short of the, the glory of God. Everyone needs him as savior. But the way we respond, the way we receive him is to say, God, I, I wanna come and I wanna exchange my life for your life. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. It's a bit like getting married. When I got married, I had to have witnesses because there was a name change going on. 
My name was being changed. Everything was being changed. I was becoming a Ruanala. Hallelujah. When we get born again, God looks for us to, to be unashamed, to say, God, I want to give my life to you and I want to become named by your name. I want to become a new creation. If you're here today and you know in your heart you are not following God, you're not walking with God, but you want to make that decision, that choice to say, yes, Lord, I want to cross the line and say, thank you, Father. I'm stepping over the line from death into life. I want to no longer dwell in darkness. I want to live in the light. I want to give you my, my past, my sin, my shame, and everything about me, and I want to receive your redemption, your holiness, your forgiveness, your freedom in your life. If that's you today, I want you just to wave your hand at me and I want to pray for you before we go on and pray for anybody else. Is there anyone here that says, yeah, that's me. I want to respond to the mercy of Christ today. Let me see your hand if that's you. I'd love to pray with you. Hallelujah. Is anyone here? Yes, God bless you. Is anyone else that says, yeah, I want to do that today. I want today to be the day where I cross over from death to life. I want to be born again. Let me see your hand if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We want to pray for you, and we want to pray for anybody watching. Right now, I just ask you to pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I bring you all of my sin all of my shame, all of my guilt, everything I've ever done. I give you my life, Lord, and I lay it at the foot of your cross. Father, I ask that you'd come now. Fill me with your spirit. Make me new on the inside. I receive your forgiveness, your complete forgiveness your mercy, your grace, your righteousness, your holiness, your eternal life. I declare you are my God and I am your child, forgiven, cleansed, accepted, righteous, and I have a hope and a future and eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, hallelujah. I pray for anyone that just prayed that prayer right now and anyone watching, Lord, that you would bless them, that you'd help them to know and be anchored in the truth of your love. Lord, that you'd help them to really access the truth and grow in the, in the grace that you've given them. Father, we're asking Holy Spirit that you'd surround them. Lord, that you'd encourage them right now in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.